Welcome to the Bruins Vendors Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10, Lucky 13 for the Bruins with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And Smitty has some info about a new partnership with ESPN Plus. Yeah, the Bruins are going to be on ESPN Plus from time to time this season, and you can watch them by signing up for ESPN Plus on the InsideTheRink.com website. Not only do you get the most out-of-market hockey games, you get many other sports, including college basketball, college hockey, college football, bowl season's coming up here, and more. Maybe get some softball and baseball come springtime. <laughs> little, <laughs> little hint of spring today freezing cold outside yeah, sure. uh so you can sign up for espn plus at inside the rink.com slash espn again that is espn plus by signing up at inside the rink.com slash espn absolutely it's a great little uh hey get it for a christmas gift for somebody you know what i mean go to inside the rink absolutely slash espn yeah. and get your uh you know your second cousin the ESPN Plus package, maybe a little Disney, maybe a little Hulu. Sure. Go ahead, go ahead and do that. I mean, you, you're looking for something for, you know, that, that cousin that you have to buy for because, you know, you go late in the afternoon to Christmas dinner, after dinner. Sure. And you see your cousin, you see once a year, and you're like, shit, what, what do I get this guy? Yeah. And you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to get him the ESPN yeah. Plus. Yeah. Right from, from inside, inside the rink. rink. Yeah, yeah. Right from inside the rink.com. Yeah. yeah. Or you could secret Santa to somebody, little, little, one of those Ooh. things. Little yeah. ESPN Plus, you know, get yeah. a subscription for a year. Do that. Yeah. Little secret Santa gift. That'd be a fantastic gift, though, wouldn't it? Oh, wouldn't it, though? Or you could go to, like, the Salvation Army. Like, you know, I don't want to give any toys. I want to give kids, like, Disney. <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to do it from InsideTheRake.com. That's absolutely. $13.99 for, for three great stations. Uh, hey, the Bruins are on a roll in the weekend review this week, Tuesday, eleven twenty nine. November 29th, it was uh, Tampa Bay Lightning coming in for a rematch of an earlier Bruins win. And the Bruins win again, 3-1. to one. Taylor Hall was the best player on the ice with two goals. Great tip in early in the first to get the Bruins off and running. Uh, right checking, it was a checking playoff style type of game. It was really, uh, had that kind of intensity to it. Uh, Jeremy Swayman was very good in this one, made a few really big saves, especially the two-on-one when he robbed Braden Point. That was a fantastic save. Yep. Uh, teams trade uh, power play goals. And Brad Marchand gets the empty netter late, 13 in a row at home, the best home start in the history of the league. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty uh, good. And, uh, you know, during this little gauntlet here, the Bruins have acquitted themselves pretty, pretty well so far. I mean, a couple of a couple of mighty tough teams still coming up with uh, Colorado and Vegas, um, but so far through this little stretch where they've faced uh, some of the iron in the league, they've they've held their own and then some. They have, and, and there was questions early on, like, well, they haven't really played anybody. Exactly they right. Play, and I'm telling you, they, you know, and at home, and they've been a great third period team. And that's been a big part of it, especially at home. Mm -hmm. And they haven't trailed much at home. Well, they've trailed like 17 minutes or something all year. Yeah, something dominant. insane. Uh, insane. Yeah, insanely dominant at home uh, and feeling good about it, too. They're a very deep team. 
it's it's almost hard for those pessimistic Bruins fans to find anything to say about them. You almost sound stupid. You do say something about, you know, something negative about the team or the same old Bruins. And I bet you the first time they lose again. Oh yeah. You'll hear right it. back at it. Like, Oh, we're not that good. And, but I'm telling you, this is as good a Bruins team as I can remember right now, as far as not only performance, but depth across the board uh, and talent with this team. It really is. Yeah, they're getting contributions from everybody, which I think is really, really important. You're, you're seeing guys up and down the lineup chipping in with goals and uh, making plays and assists, and, and just everybody's doing their roles really well. They got forward back, which was nice to see. Uh, he played almost 20 minutes in this one. Um, he was pretty good on the PK, made some good plays there. Uh, so... It's it's nice to see everybody playing well up and down the lineup. It's it is, and you know, one of the real you know exciting things about this team that hasn't been in place the last couple of years is the third line, which I think has to be really good. That kind of sets you apart when it comes to playoff time. Mm-hmm. And if Taylor Hall's on that third line with Coyle and whoever, that's that's a pretty damn good third line having a number one overall pick you know who has 90 points in 119 games with the Bruins mm-hmm. under the radar like very productive uh and Hall doesn't we've talked about how he hasn't isn't really considered or doesn't seem to be considered a core member but he is under the radar produced pretty much consistently since he got here he really and, has and he, you know, he has some disappearances here and there, and that's kind of, but what really helps him, and we've talked about before, is the fact that he's not the, he's not the guy. Mm-hmm. And if he's not the guy and he slides down second or third line, he is a game changer because he is just a really hard matchup. He's a dynamic skater, a dynamic player. And uh, has just a really good feel for the game. And and he's starting to develop. You know, we talked about a little bit earlier on where he didn't seem to really have the chemistry with Charlie Coyle because Coyle really likes to hold the puck and possess Mm -hmm. it. And Hall was also a guy who liked to have the puck and possess it and kind of, you know, take a tour of the offensive zone, skates around with it. Um, But they seem to be developing some chemistry now. And he's going to be able to get, you know, a weaker defensive matchup being on that third line. And I think it paid off in that game against the lightning as he wasn't out there against the Hedmans and the Sergachevs. He was out there against, you know, Cole or somebody else, uh, Cernak or, or whatever. So uh, he's not getting the top defensive pairs from the other teams. And he's going to be able to capitalize on that, which I think will really help the Bruins, uh, you know, down the line and hopefully uh, deep into the playoffs. And, and, and he has ex- embraced it too, which yep. is another thing. You know, it, sometimes this is a first overall pick who is a former Hart Trophy winner. Like, going to the third line is kind of a demotion kind of thing. And you, you might not feel too good about it and, and have a little bit of an ego. But he's embraced it, and he's been nothing but a team guy. Mm-hmm. And, he's you know, he wanted to come here. He did. And he has proven that he, that he loves it here. And, of course, it, it also speaks some to the leadership group and in the fact that he uh you know they have a really good leadership group and and he's from day one has seemed to be a really good fit here and that's that's been a i mean that could go down as one of the great trades in bruins history like if especially if they win the cup this year to look back and 
Andres Bjork in a second round pick. Yeah, I mean, right now he has Lazar too. He has eight goals and seven assists, fifteen points in twenty two games, shooting at a uh, uh, over fourteen percent. So uh, he has a, a really high shooting percentage as well, and he's getting uh, you know a little sixteen and sixteen thirteen of ice time a game. He has four game winning goals, which I believe is the best on the team. It is, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, he's scoring at the right times too, which um, certainly helps. Yeah, it, it does, and. Um... You know, there's been a couple of games this year, too, where he was, he carried them to victory. Absolutely. Too, if they didn't have a really, you know, it's kind of a subpar game, and he's been the best player like he was against Tampa. Mm-hmm. All right, seven chirps time, sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewing and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week, and you can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lobsbrewing.com and follow them at Lobs Brewing for new beers and events. And Chirp 1, the Bruins are 40-12-1 since Jake DeBrusque moved to the top line last season. Bruins deserve more credit for how they handled that, and there's not enough talk about how it really helped the team. Yeah, I I, I think he's been, he's been really good. Um, he's been a, kind of a model citizen. Since he went up there, uh, I think losing Cassidy certainly helped. <laughs> certainly helped yeah. to to uh, kind of change his attitude a little bit. I think. I think. I honestly think uh, coming out of COVID really helped him too. I think sure. the COVID years really took its toll on him, and I don't think as, uh, enough was made of the fact that he was pretty miserable. Um, mm-hmm during those seasons when COVID kind of affected uh, how the team went about its day to day and being around the guys and all that kind of stuff. I think that affected Jake more than most guys. He was pretty open about it. Chris Wagner was open about it. Some other guys were. Um, So I, I, I think being able to slot in there and having Bergeron and Marchand kind of take them under their wing and kind of show them the ropes, how they want to play as a line. I think he's bought in. I think he's, really aggressive now on the four check. I think he's much better now with his stick position and, and how he attacks players and, and forces plays. He wins far more puck battles than he used to win. Uh, and it's, and it's all kind of rounding out his game. I think he's a better overall player and, and the production's there because he's playing with a couple of dynamic guys. He can skate really well. Uh, they find each other off the rush. I mean, he's really just settled in there and, and been a really, really good addition to that top line. Yeah, and Don Sweeney, I thought, handled it really well by not just selling him for nothing, not giving up on that. And, you know, it, when all is said and done, I think that Jake has always been a good guy, and it wasn't that he was a malcontent or causing problems in the room because you could tell by the way the team responded. Like, everybody, like, just nobody nobody turned on Jake in the room, and I think that that was a big, big uh you know, just sort of a big uh, plus when when you're talking about uh, trying to save save DeBrusque, try to make a good decision, a good situation out of a, a, what could potentially be a bad one, and it's definitely helped. You know, balance out the lines for sure. Um, all right, according to number two, according to Ty Anderson, this is the longest power play goal against game streak for the Bruins since an 11 game stretch from November 4th to November 25th, 2006. They have given up a power play goal in seven straight. Yeah, 
I don't exactly know what the problem is. I think some of it is bad luck. Some of it's taking too many penalties. I think some of it was four but missing and him being, you know, one of the primary penalty killers. I think it's a combination of that. Um, you know, not coming up, being able to come up with clears. It seems like a few times where they've kind of rushed clears, where they've had opportunities to clear the puck. There was one by Nosek the other night that ended up in the net. Bergeron had one where he kind of rushed it and, and didn't get all of it and didn't get it out. And they ended up scoring a little later in the power play. So there's been some chances for them where they, you know, it's almost like on offense when you need, when you're in front of the net and you need to bear down and bury your chance. There's some, there's been some times on the PK where they need to bear down and get the clear and they just haven't done it. So, and it's kind of come back to bite them. So I, I feel like teams go through stretches with this though, where, you know, you'll get on a hot streak where you'll kill, you know, 25 in a row off and then you'll go on a, you know, a cold streak where teams will score on you for a bit. So hopefully it's just a cold streak getting forward back will help. And, and, uh, hopefully, uh, they can get this turned around, you know, in the, in the near future. I think you're right in that it, when you start to give up power play goals after being really white hot uh, as, a, as a penalty kill, yeah. that you start it starts to get into your head like, oh, we, we can't give up one here again. We can't give up one here again. And all of a sudden, you give up another one, you give up another one. And when they, had, they had five in two games. And then you start to kind of overthink it. And you're, you're just not getting in a good rhythm. You know, and, and teams also scout and they, you know, find little weaknesses especially when a guy like Forbort is out uh probably you know at least one of your best penalty killing defensemen guy who will block a ton of shots he almost cuts off a, a, a whole side of the ice with the way he can block shots and get in the way so um you know hopefully it's something i'm not too alarmed right now i think you're right though they get they take too many penalties and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't be shorthanded that often and not have it come back to bite you. So they just, they like we said before, that's that's the one flaw right now with the team is they're taking too many penalties and they need to clean that up because, like we said before, you can't do that against good teams in the in the playoffs and and not have it come back to bite you. No, you can't for sure. All right, uh, uh, chirp number three: Bruins and Celtics are now. I think it's twenty five and one at the Garden. In 08-09, the two teams were 64-12-6 combined at home, so they are on track to uh, to beat that uh, that that high water mark in 08-09. That's unbelievable to me <laughs> that they were <laughs> that they were that good and, and that they're this good right now. But I mean, both teams are just playing incredibly well. The Celtics, uh, speaking of the Bruins, having a historic home start. The Celtics are having a historic offensive start with the best yeah. offensive efficiency in the history of the league or some shit, yeah. like just yeah. at an unbelievable scoring at an unbelievable rate. I mean, they put 130 up the other night without uh, Brown and then 140 right. without Tatum or whatever. Well, maybe yeah. it was reversed, but yeah, it was Tatum and then Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just unbelievable offensive efficiency from them. And, and uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty fun to be around that building uh, these days. <laughs> Sure is. I mean, both teams are juggernaut, like pretty much juggernaut offensive teams. Like yeah. They play exciting, yeah. high scoring styles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jeremy Jacobs is selling hot dogs like fucking hot cakes. <laughs> so, those know, those homemade meat, those $12 yeah. homemade meatballs are flying off the shelves <laughs> yeah. right now. <laughs> they are flying out of there. You can get a $17 uh, vodka lemonade with a splash of vodka. Uh, yeah. So he's doing, he's doing wonders. He is, is. He's doing well over there. 
Yeah, he is. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been unbelievable at, at the Garden, for sure. Uh, chirp four, Pittsburgh Penguins defenseman Chris Letang had a stroke. He's out indefinitely. Thirty uh, four year old had another in two thousand fourteen. So this is his second one. Yeah, uh, and came back to play. And it's pretty scary for a guy that young to have two strokes now and and um, you have to wonder if his career might be in jeopardy. Yeah, I mean two strokes in in you know 8 or 9 years time and you yeah. come back to play after one um I don't know to me that's that's a warning sign and you you have to seriously consider you know your your family and your health benefits here and um so you know if I'm him I'm I'm seriously consider hanging it up here cuz I I think you you know you want to be able to live your life and and uh, enjoy the rest of your life without you know worry for something you know catastrophic happening. So um, right. you know we obviously wish him the best and and hope everything turns out okay with him. And then I guess if the doctors give him the all clear and he wants to come back and play again, um, more power to him. But uh, if if it was me and I'm talking with my family, I'm I'm scared of of having it happen again a third time. And and you know if you have one that's worse than one you've had before and something really bad happens. So, um, you know, I, it's a, it's a, it's a tough situation and, uh, you know, our thoughts are definitely, uh, go out to, to Chris and the penguins organization. Absolutely. And, and Chris, uh, at, at 35 years old is 962, uh, career games in the league. And, uh, so he's closing in on a thousand. He's played 17 years, um, so he started at 18 years old in the league, but a really good defenseman cup winner. Yeah. And, uh, we hope that, um, at least, you know, at the very least that he's healthy and can live a healthy life moving forward, because that is certainly not something, um, you know, to take lightly and it's something yeah. a high impact game like hockey. Yeah. Really hard to, to think that he could continue on, uh, playing at that kind of level. Um, all right. And, uh, chirp number five, Pat Maroon enjoys a good pizza. As uh, Jack Edwards has told us. <laughs> yeah. Jack Edwards, uh, just randomly in the, in the middle of the game, just as like, there's Pat Maroon down low. He was, uh, 238 pounds when he was in, you know, rookie camp or whatever <laughs> in training camp, but he's had a few pizzas since then. So I don't know why Jack Edwards is fat shaming Pat Maroon during the middle of a broadcast, uh, which has nothing, you know, his, his weight really doesn't have anything to do with, um, what kind of hockey player he is. Uh, and Jack really shouldn't talk with the way he's been butchering names and so forth lately oh, on the man. broadcasts. Uh, and, and, you know, coming off, I, I hope it's not a, a, you know, a health thing with Jack too, but, uh, you know, he's been kind of slurring his words and pausing in the middle of sentences. And uh, so I don't know what he's got going on, but um, he really shouldn't be throwing stones at anyone else about their performance. No, and he, you know, Jack's always been a soliloquy guy. He, he has been. He has been. But now the problem with the tangents is that he'll he'll forget what he's talking about halfway through. Yeah. So now Brick has to jump in or and I'll tell you, you know, many people have noticed this, like literally every single person in yeah. America. And they've noticed that this is happening with Jack and I and I, and I would be stunned if Jack returns next season, he's 65. He's obviously had some real struggles 
Uh, and I don't know if it was health related or if it was just lost his fastball after COVID and not being at the rink or whatever. Right. But I think that I'd be stunned if he was back next year. I, I think they have to move on from him. And it, and if that takes a, a farewell tour the last month of the season, then so be it. But I would assume that they have to move on. Yeah. I, and I feel like it doesn't feel like play by, well, I mean, maybe it's just this area. Maybe it's just him. Uh, but I feel like he doesn't call. He doesn't just call the game anymore. Like play-by-play guys are supposed to call the game. Just call the game. Like Bob Sosi calls the game and right. and leave the leave the you know eating pizzas to brick or to Zolak or some you know somebody else. Right. The color guy does right. The color guy does that. The color guy is the one who's talking about you know. The pizza getting thrown and then at the yeah. Nesson, you know, Remy with Ocello and 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 Zolak, yeah. you know, with the you yes. know yelling, you know. Yeah, Eckersley with the slang. Yeah, I mean it's what you do. Leave yeah. it to the color guys to to give the color part of the commentary. <laughs> and you just right. call the game. Just call right. the game. And you know, and, I, you, know, you, know I, you know what I noticed last game, and it's funny you just mentioned that, because I I listen, I actually listened to him. And there were he doesn't even fluidly call the game anymore. No, he'll the puck will be it. He'll just say a guy's name, you know, so and so has it, and then action is happening. He'll just say a guy's name like Maroon over in the corner. Like it just it's not fluidly, not fluidly doing the game, and and is and a lot of it is a lot of tangents and a lot of just conversational stuff. Yeah. And it, there's no, there's really very little play-by-play done by him. I think hockey is not fluid. Yeah, I, I think hockey is one of the hardest sports to call because the action sure. happens so quickly yeah. that you really need to have your mental capacity and be on top of things. Right. And you, in hockey especially, I feel like you need to finish calling what happens even as the play is moving into right. something else. So like you need to still finish your sentence about what you were talking about, but then the play transitions to something else and then you pick it up there. Whereas, you know, and you really have to be on top of things to be able to remember what you were talking about, be watching something else and finish your thought and be watching something happening that's entirely different. So I think uh, that could be playing, you know, into account of, of why he's, you know, struggling a little bit with, with all that. But, uh, you know, Jack's always been kind of a little bit of an off the wall guy and, and people around here love him. You know, I love him cause he's our guy. Um, but I, I do think it's time for him to, to, uh, you know, hang it up. I think. Yeah, I, I think so. Cause it's just, it's, it's beyond what it used to be. Yeah. It used to be either you loved him or you didn't, but now it's, it's getting to a point where it's uncomfortable sometimes. Right. It, it really is. Yeah. Uh, and to Pat Maroon's credit, he made a $2,000 donation in Jack Edwards' name yeah. to Tampa Bay Thrives, a nonprofit that assists those who struggle with mental health and substance abuse, abuse issues. Uh, so he was good about it, Maroon. Yeah. Now, you know, and you can argue whether it's over the top or whether it's not that big a deal or whatever. I mean, everybody has their own opinion about it. But I think Maroon handled it fine. You know, I think we can move on from it. But Jack has to be careful. You know, he has to be careful because he's always tried to be funny and he's really not. Yeah. He's, he's like that nerdy guy who right. thinks he has a sense of humor <laughs> and he just doesn't. Like yeah. He just it comes off 
badly. Yeah, it comes off as odd or or bad. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah. I mean, occasionally he'll say something and Brick will chuckle, but I think half the time it's almost more of like a nervous laugh. Like, stop like, doing that. Shit. You're <laughs> saying something that's gonna make everybody uncomfortable. Stop doing that. Yeah, like every once in a while, Brooke will be like, "Okay, and that that's not that's not that's not." Great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I you know I, I don't know what's gonna happen, but. Um, you know, uh, it was certainly another in a lot of Jack Edwards isms. Uh, all right. Chirp number six, Bruce Cassidy in Vegas returned to Boston on Monday. Could he be the one to hand the Bruins their first home loss? Yeah, he could be. My goodness. He could be because he knows yeah, how they play. Good. He knows how yeah. they play defensively. So yeah. he's got an idea of that. Um yeah, I mean Vegas is a good team, and and the Bruins have traditionally not played great against Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went out there the very first time the Bruins ever played Vegas, and, yeah. and uh, we went out there and watched the Vegas uh, spank them. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean the Bruins haven't handled them well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this Bruins team is a little different, but uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting clash there with uh, the, the new coach and the former coach because both teams have gotten off to good starts. So, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. Yeah, well, he definitely knows Brandon Carlo's uh, weaknesses <laughs> because he would scream them from the bench on the way over. Uh, all right, chirp number seven. All right, it's the quarter mark of the season just passed in your NHL quarter mark awards. What do you like for the heart for the heart, I'm going off the, well, it's probably not off the board, but it's off the traditional board. And I'm going Jason Robertson of uh, the Dallas Stars. Okay. Okay. He had two goals tonight, which gives him 21 in the season. I believe he's second in the league behind McDavid in scoring. He is okay. a high-plus player. He had 41 goals last year, uh, I believe. And he's uh, a dominant force right now for a Dallas mm-hmm. team that's playing real well of late. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good call. I mean he's an underrated player, uh, and they're kind of an underrated team. They are an underrated so I team. That, I think that's uh, I think that's a good call. All right, Norris, and I'll tell you about Norris. Actually, my yeah, you give me heart, your heart. My yeah. heart. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I I you know I'm gonna say McDavid. I mean he's just so explosive. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll probably go McDavid there, which is you know kind of a safe pick and and not uh, too ballsy. Um, I'd like to see Pasternak. You know, creep up yeah, there. You could creep in and take sure. a shot at it. You know what I mean? Especially if they win the cup. I mean, he'd be, he'd certainly be in that mix. Um, all right, Norris Trophy. I I'd like the resurgence of Eric Carlson here. Yeah, he's. Points. Yeah, I mean, thirty-two points. It's hard to argue with that. I'm going off the board again, and this is a okay. this is a ridiculous off the board one. But I'm going Rasmus Dahlin from Buffalo. You are. Yeah. He has twenty-six points. He has that that Sabres offense really clicking on the power play. He's yeah. playing really, really good. He was a number one yeah. overall pick for a reason. And uh, he's starting to come into his own here a little bit with uh, playing with Owen Power, who's also a number one overall pick. So yeah. they're, uh, they're a dynamic young tandem for Buffalo uh, who are going to be really good for a long time. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm going Darlene. You know, out of the top 50 defensemen point leaders in the league, Darlene and Drew Doughty are tied for first with total ice time, with 26 and change okay. per game. 
too. So he's been a workhorse too. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good call on Darlene. You know who's having a really good year is Adam Fox. He's he is twenty five points. Yeah, Adam Fox uh, is nineteen. Yossi's having a good year. Makar's yeah. having a good year. There's a lot yeah. of guys. Lindholm's having a good year so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of guys that are that are right there. But uh, Carlson's you know eleven goals, thirty two points. I mean, he's the top yeah. scorer on his team. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bad team, so that may, may be a strike sure. against him. And Buffalo is a bad right. team too, but right. um, yeah, I I like those guys for the uh, yeah. you know in yeah. the in the in the finalists anyway. And a surprising Winnipeg team, uh, Josh Morrissey has twenty five points. Yeah. He's had a really good season for them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so who do you like for Selkie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, I mean, you just call it the Bergeron Award if you yeah, want to. It, I, I, he should get it. Like he should get it. Give him his sixth. Like get just give him his sixth. I mean, this doesn't change the name. Yeah, there's been there's been other years where he should where he should have won it and didn't or finished second. You know, they just it was like Bergeron fatigue. They were like tired of giving it to Bergeron all the time, so they picked someone else. You know, right? Uh, so yeah, give it to him again. He deserves it. He deserves it every damn year. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I, I say, I say, give it to him. I, he sets the bar for everybody. Um, all right, Jack Adams Award head coach. I'd say, you know, Lindy Ruff has to be up there. Devils are streaking, and I didn't see this coming. Yeah, it's got to be Lindy Ruff. I mean, yeah. as as good as good as, you know, Jim Montgomery has been with the Bruins. You know, people expected the Bruins to be good, not this good. I mean, a lot of no. people said the Bruins were maybe going to be not, you know, out of the playoffs this this year, um, yeah. but they weren't picking them to be as low as the Devils. Like people weren't picking the Devils at all to do anything. No. So uh, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be Lindy Ruff with the Devils because um, he just has them playing fantastic hockey right now. And yeah. you know, yeah. I have nineteen four or twenty and four or whatever they are at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just uh, yeah, it's got to be him. No, they've been they've been very very good. All right, uh, time now for the uh, beauties and benders. We're not going to go Vezina? We're not going to go goalies? Yeah. Oh, uh, goalies. Oh, the friggin' goalie. Okay, Vezina, I'm going Allmark. Yeah, Allmark. <laughs> I just wanted to I just wanted to be able to give something else to another Bruins guy. That's right. Allmark. I'm going, going Allmark uh, on the Vezina. I think he's... We didn't do Calder you know. either. Do we want to do Calder? Oh, the rookie of the year, Calder. Okay. Who do you, who do you have for a good rookie? I, you know, I was trying to think about it around the league. I don't know. Does Does, like... Does like Matty Beniers count? Like, did he play full yeah, season? He's a, he's, a, he's a rookie. Is he a rookie? Yeah, point, points. I'll tell you right now. Points leading points by rookies. Matty Beniers is one. Okay. He's got he's got twenty points. Uh, Cole Perfetti uh, from Winnipeg uh, has fourteen. Mattias Maselli with uh, Arizona thirteen. Uh, Paterka with Buffalo has twelve. And you have like Kalen Addison with Minnesota, Kent Johnson, Columbus, Mason McTavish with Anaheim, yeah. Shane Pinto has had a really good year for Ottawa. Yeah. Um, you know, Jake Sanderson's been very good for Ottawa as well, Owen Power. But I would say Yeah, I say Matty Beniers. Local kid. He's out of Hingham. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. give it to him. We'll yeah. go let's we'll get, go let's get local flair. Matty Beniers. Yeah. Hingham. Let's get Matty Beniers on the sh- on the program. I'd Let's love to do that. There's many local flair guys. Yeah. On the on the play. Look at like Noah Hannafin. Let's get like all the local Yeah, guys. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna effort Matt Boldy during the summertime. Yeah. Matty Boldy, yeah. So uh all yeah. Guys, all, any, let's let we'll make a list of like Massachusetts guys. Yeah, Charlie Coyle see. needs to be Charlie on the show. Coyle. Wagner. Wagner, yeah. yeah. Um, Matty Grizzlick. Yeah, Grizzlick. Yeah. yeah, we we yeah. have some we have some local local talent. We've got some local guys we need to get on the program. 
and and just shoot the shit. Listen to some stories. Yeah. Maybe drink a few beers down at Lops. Get some yeah. shit going. Get some, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be up for that. Sure. Uh, all right. Now, Beauties and Benders, and it's brought to you right now with Beauties number three, Brandon Carlo. They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Brando, best game of the year. Assist, three hits. Yeah, I thought so. I thought it was his best game of the year. I thought he was physical. Uh, and the three hits, I thought he was, he, that might have been a little, uh, a little less than he actually did. I thought he was, uh, he shut down a lot of plays with some good hard checks and kind of angling guys off. Um, he had the assist early on in the goal, getting the shot through, which is a big thing for him. Uh, on the tip by Hall, so and it was against a good team, a really good team. So uh, I was I was encouraged by Carlo a lot in that game because I thought for the first time in a long, long while uh, he was kind of skating well. He looked confident. He was closing plays off. He was aggressive. He was physical. So uh, yeah, I I was really encouraged by the game from from Brandon Carlo against Tampa. And history has shown that if you know Brandon Carlo plays. It takes him a while, but he he can get into a rhythm if he doesn't leave the lineup. Like right. Sometimes I think he just gets rusty. He's just one of those guys like he's got to keep playing night mm-hmm. after night. And right now he looks to be like he might be in just one of those grooves where he's like, okay, now I'm now I'm playing night after night. I'm playing confidently. Um, he just can't get injured because when he goes out of the lineup, he comes back in and he he just gets rusty quickly. So I, uh, it's a good sign that Carlos playing well. They need him to, and he's mm-hmm. on a long contract here, and you know he's a big part of what they're doing. So I'm glad he's uh, at least playing better now. All right, number two beauty is Nick Fliggy for Felino. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Boy, what a beautiful <laughs> assist to Hall in front on that great play. He yep. continues to set this tone for that bottom six. He's a leader. He's a big, you know, great guy in the room. And he just looks like a completely different player than last year. He does look like a completely different player. And, uh, he does set the tone for that bottom six. He's almost like the captain of the bottom six, like getting those yeah. guys going. Um, yeah. he kind of, uh, is, is setting the tone. He's physical. He's, uh, skating, like light years better than he skated last year. I don't know. He must've had some kind of a lower body last year that wasn't allowing him to, to skate the way that he could. Cause he's protecting pucks really well, even when he, you know, he's not the quickest guy, but he can hold on to it, make plays. Uh, and he's just been such a, such an asset to that, to that bottom six. And you need veterans like that who have been through the battles who have our playoff tested, um, you know, come, come playoff time when uh you know you might be able to get some matchups and those those lines those are the lines that make the difference in the playoffs you know your third line with Taylor Hall your fourth line with Felino you know the Bruins in the last few years lost those matchups to other teams that were yeah. better than them and it cost them series so um you know if he can if he can set the tone and those guys can continue to produce the Bruins are going to be a very very tough out uh come the spring and and hopefully into the summer absolutely uh yeah, and it's been great because <laughs> we went from not knowing what to do with Felino to uh, having him be a big part of what's going on. So that's good good for him. I yep. mean, that's really good. Uh, and then the, the number one beauty, Taylor Hall. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from <laughs> dawn until dusk. 
two goals and he was like we said the best player on the ice against Tampa and um you know he's he's moved down to the third line who knows how long he'll stay there but he's accepted it you know he's thriving and uh he's playing really really good hockey for them he is and i think that it's really nice to be able to have guys like Hall and Zaka and even Marshand who you know, maybe if things aren't going well on a particular night, you can bring, you can move those guys around. You can put Hall with Krejci. You can move, you know, Marshan with Krejci. You can move Hall with Berger. You know, you can, those guys are, you know, not exactly interchangeable, but you can move those guys around and create, try to create a spark during a game. Uh, and it's, it's really nice to have this kind of depth, which the Bruins haven't had in a long time. Yeah, and Monty's been good about changing lines a lot, and mm-hmm. and it's good because if a guy's out of the lineup, you you have guys who have played with you know just about everybody in the lineup. So it that's the one good thing about mixing up lines all the time is that there's there's familiarity with every guy in the lineup. So uh, that's been good as well for the team. Uh, you certainly know Claude Julian, who would just roll out the same four lines. Cassie was a little bit better. He wouldn't break up the perfection line. But Montgomery has been just freewheeling when it comes to changing up lines as the game goes on. So, um, all right. Now three benders for this week. Bender, <laughs> no, bender number three. Matt Patricia. I'm a bender. <laughs> I'll tell you what. When the Bruins are 19 and three, you go to the shitty offensive quarter of the New England Patriots for your third <laughs> bender, and that is Matthew Patricia, who has been uh, just as advertised, not an offensive coach. <laughs> I'm tired of watching this this okay. asshole call offense. I am. Yeah. I'm just sick and tired of watching this guy call offense. It's yeah. it's just infuriating to me to watch him just it's almost like he throws a dart at his play sheet and yeah. and does it nothing has anything to do with anything else there's no plays that set up other plays nothing has anything to do with anything down a distance doesn't matter let's run on second and 10 let's throw it on fourth and one or third and one or third and inches it doesn't matter nothing has anything to do with anything else because he does not know how to coach offense and hasn't and won't no. And he should be fired. No. If not now, no. soon. Yeah. 12, 12 <laughs> games in, it's still the same. And you have one of the, <sighs> maybe, you could have potentially the second best back in the league, maybe, certainly after contact. And you will not play action pass. <laughs> like after he runs over the whole line and defensive backs and linebackers, and then you get back to the line of scrimmage and you toss sweep it to him. <laughs> that tells you everything. There's just no, like you said, no rhyme or reason for what they do on offense at all. They can get to the 50 and it all breaks down. It's just the same thing every week. The quarterback has regressed to where he's now probably pretty much a puddle who's running around like crazy, has no idea who's going to be open. His feet never sit still. It's just atrocious. It's the worst idea. It was the worst idea. Yeah, everybody said it, it too. It's still the worst idea. Everybody said it. Everybody said, what are they doing? Everybody outside of the Patriots and outside of that organization said, what are the Patriots doing? And and everybody's like, this is going to fail. Everybody said it. This is going to fail. These guys don't know what they're doing. They're trying to implement an offense that neither one of them have coached before. The... Kendrick Bourne, who had seen the offense installed and coached by other people, mm-hmm. like went off and they benched him because they knew he was right. 
He was right. like, this does not look like it should look. It looks terrible. No one's in the right place. No one knows what they're doing. No one knows how to coach this. And they basically benched him because they knew he was right. So, uh, yeah, it's just a mess. It's a mess. It it's terrible. And I hate watching it on television. Yeah, it's, and in it's person, bad. and in this in this season is gonna is gonna end like a fart in church. It's mm -hmm. just gonna be eight and eight and nine, and see you later. Yeah. Uh, all right, Bender two, Jack Edwards. Out of Bender. <laughs> Jack Edwards is uh, not only rambling on endlessly, but now he is uh, offending everybody. <laughs> So this is yeah. not a good combination. No, just call the games, Jack. Call yeah, the games. I mean, Jack, just give us what's happening on the ice, please. Stick to the play-by-play. Play, leave the rest of it to Brickley. Yeah, I don't think he can do it. No. And that's why he's talking. Yeah. Because he knows he can't keep up. So that's why he's making conversation. Well, he's always, he, in my opinion, he's always talked too much. Uh, right. During games like oh, this, yeah. there's certain guys who will call the game and give a little space for plays to happen and stuff. Right. And you can watch and kind of just get into reaction. the game, a yeah. crowd reaction or whatever it is. Yeah. And, but he he just it's like stream of consciousness almost with him, like whatever he comes into his head comes out of his mouth. And and it's just uh, it's just a little too much. So, yeah, call the games, leave the rest of brick. Yeah, no doubt. And now Bender, uh, number one for this week, the New England Patriots. Out of Bender. <laughs> the, the Bruins were at the game tonight in in Foxborough, and that's some bad mojo. It you is. Don't wanna, you don't want to be a shitty team. Yeah. Showing a really good team how to play. Yeah. Don't let don't let any of that bullshit rub no. off on the Bruins, no. please. Like keep keep that dysfunctional horseshit offense away from yeah. the from the Bruins. The Bruins should be in there maybe drawing some plays up for the Patriots. So maybe Jim yeah. Montgomery can Jim Montgomery coach offense? Could he coach yeah, offense maybe, for the Bruins for the yeah. for the Patriots on Sundays? He could he could take care of the Bruins from Monday to Saturday and then Sundays he'll call offensive plays for the Patriots. Can we do that? Yeah. I think what he I think what he would find when he went into the went into the <laughs> locker room is like this guy Marcus Jones, you throw it to him once and he ran by everybody. <laughs> throw it to him again. <laughs> do that do that again. <laughs> try, try that again. Jim Montgomery hey, football, try that again. Jim Montgomery is a big proponent of getting the defense involved in the offense. There it is. Yeah, Marcus Jones. There it is. That was That's probably his call. You know what? That was probably his call. He probably told that for Patricia. He's like, put Marcus Jones in there. The guy yeah. can run by well, everybody. Before the game, he's it's, like, hey, do you have a little guy that runs real fast? Give it to him. You know what? I'm giving, uh, fuck Patricia. I'm giving, I'm giving Jim Montgomery the credit for that. From now on, yes. that was Jim Montgomery's play call. It was. It was. It was, it was rubbing <laughs> off of them. Yes. Uh, all right. Bruins, uh, Bruins Bender's power rankings time. Uh, number seven, the New York Islanders drop a spot. They are 15 and nine on the year. Number six, Dallas. They drop a spot as well. They're five, two and three in their last 10. Number five, the Seattle Kraken continued to surprise. They move up two spots. They've won six in a row. They won nine to eight the other night. Over L.A., what a game that was. Yeah, absolute goal. shootout. You could see that, folks. Hey, on, yeah. ESP, on ESPN+. Plus. Sign up at InsideTheRank.com slash ESPN. Yeah, that's an excellent segue here. We're professionals. Yep. Number four, Toronto stays at number four. They've won four in a row. Vegas is third. They stay there, but they're just five, four, and one in the last ten. They come in Monday night to the Garden. Number two, the New Jersey Devils have now won three in a row after winning thirteen, losing one, and so that's sixteen out of seventeen. If I uh, my math is correct, which it never is. <laughs> and then number one, Boston. 
19 and 3, 13 and 0 at home in two big home games coming up this week. Yeah, they've they've been playing really well at home, really well all season. Doesn't really matter where they've been uh right now. They're the class of the East and I would say uh Vegas even though they've uh taken a step back is is probably the class of the West with Dallas nipping at their heels a little bit. No doubt. Dallas is right there too. Uh and you can't forget about the defending cup champs uh who probably will turn it on, you know, a little later in the season. Sure. So uh, now we're going to go to the Bruins Benders Power Less rankings. These are the worst teams in the NHL. And we're coming in at number 30 with your Chicago Blackhawks, who are just an absolute shell of their former championship glory. 1-7-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, rumors about Patrick Kane being traded, Jonathan Taves maybe. Uh, uh, the, just, a, just a mess, just an absolute mess uh, in Chicago. Uh, looking at a long rebuild there, I think. Uh, number 31, the Anaheim Ducks are minus 37 goal differential, which uh, is not good at all. No. Uh, that means the other team has scored 37 more goals than you. <laughs> it is. That is good math. It is. Uh, yeah. It, means. yeah. It, it is. It is what it means. Uh, and they are 2-9-2 two, and two on the road. So <laughs> they... <laughs> <laughs> they like the, they like the home cooking in Anaheim. They like the, uh, you know, they like the the, the vegan ways out there. They, you know, they like to, they like to drive up and down with the traffic on the I five or the four hundred five yeah. or whatever they the. Like, f- they like to be close to Disney. They like, yeah, they do. They like the Disney. They like the Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. some uh, some some nice attractions and rides there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get you. Magic pass. Go to five to nothing today. Go to, go to a fucking get your magic pass and go to a fucking ducks game. All right. Maybe, yeah, maybe Zegers will pull off a of Michigan. Hey, he's, he's, he's a reason to go to the games though. If you're, if you're a ducks fan yeah. you and you can probably get into the building for like four bucks or something, uh, <laughs> right. you know, right. go see, go see Trevor Zegers uh, play some hockey. Cause he's worth the price of admission. Oh, sure. Uh, and then coming in at number 32, your Montreal Canadiens. I have no idea what their record is, no. somewhere around 500. But uh, as we've stated on this program, they will remain last unless uh, some other team ha- does something completely egregious as the Blackhawks did um, last year and the Bruins have done this year with the Mitchell uh, Miller signing. So, uh, yeah, Montreal is going to remain in the basement uh, forever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Montreal is 12, 10, and 1 and beat the Flames today. But they are horrifically bad. <laughs> terrible. Uh, and we will, terrible, terrible. Um, we had a Bruins poll this week. Uh, who is your Bruins MVP at the quarter poll of the season? Oh, that's a good question. The choices were Allmark, Parsonark, Lindholm, and Jim Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And coming in at 60%, Linus, Allmark. Yeah, I mean he's been a he's been he, I mean he really has been a big part of it. Yeah. I mean he he's been sensational, really, uh, mm-hmm. especially when Swayman went down and really really held the fort there. Um, so yeah, I mean he deserves it. They're all all good choices though. All four of those guys deserve sure. deserve some uh, accolades and and some credit for for the start for the Bruins. You know, especially dealing with some injuries there early on. I would say Allmark and Montgomery probably are my two top are my top two. Um, okay. But yeah, Pasternak certainly deserves some credit, and, and Lindholm had an unbelievable start to the season when McAvoy was uh, wasn't there. So yeah, all of them deserve credit. 
Yeah, and uh, number two on this poll was Lynn Holm at 19%, Pasternak at 11%, and Jim Montgomery at 10% out of the 134 votes. And you can follow us on Twitter for more of those types of polls. And we also do game updates on uh, the old Twitter uh, you know, situation there. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Bruins Prospect Spotlight. How about Brandon Bussey? Brandon Bussey, the goaltender, uh, who was a Western Michigan product and uh, signed by Boston uh, out of college. Mm -hmm. And um, he had a very good career at Western Michigan. And he had, uh, he's been terrific for, uh, for Providence this year. Actually, they've had terrific goaltending across the board. They've had Bussey, Kincaid, and Kaiser. Yes. All playing really well. They're 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 playing. They're a wagon this year as well. Yeah, and they're having a great start. It is. They they have a they have some uh, s- similar style depth that to the to what the Bruins have. They have a lot of guys. Maybe no one down there that's you know elite or or you know a real top end prospect. But they have a lot of pretty good prospects who play the right way and and are are producing. So you know. Toporowski's having a good start to the season. Lysel, Merkulov, you have some guys there um, who could crack the Bruins lineup in you know, the next couple of years who are, who are off to strong starts to the season. And, and the goaltending has been, has been excellent. You know, those guys, um, you know, the, the young guys especially are the ones you, you, know, you kind of look towards a little bit more than Kincaid, who's kind of a journeyman. But mm-hmm. uh, Bussey and Kaiser are both... Um, playing well, bodes well for the future of the Bruins. You know, Swayman's playing well, too. You know, Almock's playing well. Maybe one of those guys is available in a trade. You can get something for one of those guys. You know, everybody's looking for goaltending. So if you have a young goalie uh, that's that's playing well and producing at the, at the AHL level, um, you know, that's maybe something that you could trade for, you know, something that you could use on your, on your major league team, on your uh, sure. NHL team. Yeah, and uh, Bussy's had eight games this year for Providence. He's five one and two. He has a two four eight goals against and a nine two nine save percentage. Uh, he's twenty four years old from Sound Beach, New York. He's six four two thirteen. Big big kid. Mm-hmm. And even though he's twenty four, like if he was a f- you know forward defenseman, he'd probably be considered an older prospect. But when you're a goaltender, uh, still not that old. I mean, goaltenders tend to. To yeah. peak later they do. in their careers, so that's a that that looks to be a little bit of a sweet spot for for Bussy. Um, you know, he's had good numbers. He had good numbers last year in five games of Providence. You know, nine two zero save percentage, and you know, kind of every single year he's been playing, uh, whether it's been in juniors or Western Michigan or Providence. He played four games at Maine Mariners and the ECHL. He's always had good numbers, so. Definitely becoming a pretty pretty good prospect for the Bruins. Uh, all right, we have a, a a giveaway. We do, Smitty. yeah. We have a giveaway of the uh, the Lops uh, long sleeve hockey shirt for uh, for the giveaway, and I just lost the winner. Awesome. Okay, great. Uh, I got to find it again real quick here. We had you know thirty five ish people. Who uh, you know liked and retweeted and helped us out there with that giveaway? The shirts are awesome. Uh, you can go to lopsbrewing.com to get Lops Brewing merch. If you're in the Woonsocket, Rhode Island area, you should go to Lops Brewing. Uh, they have food trucks and um, you know they have uh, you know TV there to watch the Bruins and uh, they have excellent beer uh, as well at uh, Lops Brewing. 
They do, and we have a winner, and the winner is Dave Hunter from Lynn, Massachusetts. His Ooh, Twitter handle is at HypnoCoach183, and we will uh, not send him a direct message because he does not have those open, but we will get in touch with Dave and uh, get his information to get him his, uh, his shirt. Uh, congratulations to Dave. Thanks for entering. Thanks for uh, listening and, and following along. We appreciate it. Uh, congratulations to you, sir. And, uh, you know, enjoy your new long sleeve locks brewing hockey t-shirt. Terrific. Lynn, uh, uh, there's a win for Lynn, Lynn city of sin. That's right. Dave, Dave, Dave Hunter. No, no relation to Dale Hunter. I don't think prick on the ice. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't no, think maybe but, he's yeah. a maybe he's a distant so. cousin of Dale Hunter, yeah. and this maybe, will get us Dale Hunter onto the program. How about that? <laughs> maybe we could talk to Dale Hunter about uh, hitting <laughs> Craig Janney or Pieter John or, yeah. or Rick um, Rick Middleton in the mouth. Rick Middleton butthead butt ends. Yeah, um, yeah. So Dave, no, that was uh, an congratulations. Island, that was an island, Chris yeah. Island. Yeah, it was not. Who uh, who uh, you know foreshadowing. Yeah. So uh, week ahead for the Bruins, December 3rd versus Colorado Avalanche, and then December 5th versus Vegas. Two tough opponents, two Western Conference opponents, two of the favorites probably in the in the Western Conference. Absolutely. Both at home. And the Bruins 13 game win streak on the line. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting uh week ahead here because we, you know, we spoke about this, you know. In the last few episodes, how this, uh, you know, the next seven to 10 games here was going to be a real test for them. And so far, they've they've passed with flying colors, uh, you know, and, and this is the second half of that, you know, 10 game you know, little piece. And uh, yeah, they got Colorado here, a couple, you know, Colorado and Vegas at home. And then they're going to go out to Colorado, I believe, and out to Vegas. I think, yep. right? Again, yeah. 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 On the 11th, they're at Vegas. I know that. Uh, so it's a quick turnaround. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty much Colorado, Vegas, Arizona, then Colorado, Vegas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one for yeah. sure. Uh, you know, you get to play in front of those 4,800 rabid fans <laughs> at uh, Arizona State <laughs> yeah. Arena. Um, all right. So go to insidetherink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app and subscribe to get alerts on Inside the Rink. We are now on TikTok at Bruins Benders Podcast. Please rate and review on Apple and subscribe and follow on the podcast platforms and sign up for ESPN Plus at insidetherink.com slash ESPN. We have some big guests coming up. We appreciate everybody listening, so stay tuned for those announcements. And uh, have a great week, everybody. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.